Welcome to the Wisdom Rising podcast. I'm your host, Lama Sultrama Aleone, and my goal with this podcast is really to open your own wisdom, to have your own wisdom rising, either through the meditations that I lead or introduce you to, or to the people that I interview that bring wisdom with them in their own voice, in their own traditions. So we look forward to raising our wisdom together on the Wisdom Rising podcast. And I'm so happy to share this with you. Welcome. So I thought instead of leading on a meditation at the beginning, like I usually do, that we would kind of meditate as I'm teaching, because there's definitely some things to meditate on that I am going to teach today. I hope that sounds good to you. These are, again, teachings from the Semday lineage that preceded the lineage of Semday in Tibet. Uh, these are the teachers from Odiana and India. And so Odiana is this mysterious place that we think was around the Swat Valley and northeast Pakistan. At, a t at one time, it was a great tantric place, and there were many women teachers there to the point where it was called the land of the Dakinis. And in this lineage that I've been teaching from, there are six women, and they're often the teachers of princes or kings, and there's such an interesting sort of sociological mix in this lineage, and that's how Tantra was. Tantra was really taking the teachings and taking Buddhism out of the monastic elite into the lay community and into people that would be considered to be low caste or not people that should be mixing with kings and priests and so on, such as, as prostitutes or winemakers or pig herders. and. Uh, but they were all together, and they were all practicing together. So it was a big opening and kind of breakdown of a lot of those social barriers. The Buddha also, and the monastic community also really broke down a lot of those social barriers uh, by saying that anyone could become ordained as a monk. And in fact, some of his most honored and most dignified disciples were from the so-called untouchable castes or the lower castes. And that was pretty rev revolutionary, what the Buddha did in that sense. And then the tantric tradition that arrived about 800, 900 years after the Buddha took that further and included a lot more women and women teachers. And also in the Tantric period, we begin to have female Buddhas and, and images of female Buddhas, such as Prajnaparamita. And also the Dakinis came in with the Tantric period, and so on. And so these teachings are from Odiana, and they're very pithy biographies of these 21 teachers that preceded Vimalamitra, who took them to Tibet along with Sri Simha. 
So it gives their, their essential teachings that awoke them to the ultimate understanding. And then the, the songs or the expressions of, of that realization. And I received the Tibetan from Adriano Clemente, who translated these. I don't, I don't know, but I think it's the first translation of these that was ever done. And it's in the book called The Supreme Source, a really wonderful book. And that's when I first met them. And then I got curious about the Tibetan for for these and like, well, what was that actually in Tibetan? And so I, I looked at the Tibetan. I have been looking at the Tibetan and then sort of retranslating and reteaching them according to how I understand them. So I'll be looking at the Tibetan and also at the English that from Adriana's translation. So the first line he translated, Bodhicitta, beyond arising and ceasing. And let's see. So in Tibetan, it's Kegak Mepe Changchupsan. It's very short, very short. So K is birth, Gak is, is to cease, in other words, death, and then May. So, not birth, not death, and then sort of connecting that to Bay Changchupsam. So this is the word for bodhicitta, but you have to keep in mind that in the Dzogchen teachings, particularly in Semday, which is actually an abbreviation for Changchup Sem Day, Day meaning series. The word bodhicitta really means our primordial, unfabricated perfection, our natural awakeness. And this is a primary concept of Dzogchen, that we are already perfect and we are already awake. We just forgot. But we can remember. And that very remembering is effortless. There's no endeavor involved. There's no stress or strain. There's no working at it. In fact, the working at it is part of the problem. So this first line simply means that this Changshup Sam, the, the, the bodhicitta mind or the mind of of awakening and and remember mind here is not brain this is awareness this is that awareness which will be there when you die and which was there before you were born and so it's saying that it is unborn and unceasing ke gak me not born and not ceasing so let's take a moment and feel into what is present right now that wasn't born when you were born and isn't going to die when you die. There is something. In fact, this is something that science hasn't been able to pinpoint, which is consciousness itself. So let's feel into our unborn, unceasing 
bodhicitta. And then the next line is Nangwa Rangjin Mepa Yin. So these are all really short little phrases and really interesting. So Nangwa, if you've been listening to me teach, you've probably heard me talk about Nang. Nang is usually translated as appearances, but it can be a verb. So, in a way, our world, as we know it, is nanging because it's in constant change. When you look out at whatever you're seeing now, I'm seeing the house, the sky, some flowers, and the ocean beyond. When you look out like that, this is something that's presencing. It's it's a verb. It's not a solid thing, and it's not separate from your awareness. And that's the nang. The nang is all this phenomena of uh, the senses and also thought. All the nangwa. So, nang la rangjin. So, rangjin is a, also common Dzogchen word, word, and it means nature, like the nature of something. Rangjin mei ba yin. So, he translates that. The first line he translates as bodhicitta is beyond arising and ceasing. I would say bodhicitta is not born or ceasing. Because it says mepa. It's not doesn't say beyond, it says not. So bodhicitta isn't that. It's not whatever's born and dying, it's not that. And then the second line he translates as is vision. So that's how he's translating appearances, vision that appears, that's Nangwa, even though it has no self-nature. So literally this means appearances, nature, not is. So he's saying that that this appearing, this Nangwa that is appearing, doesn't have any Rangjin, any actual self-nature. In other words, it's not the solid noun that we think it is. It's not a reified, separate, discrete entity. None of it is. So let's let's meditate on that a little bit. That these appearances, the nangwa have no self-nature. In other words, although we call them something and we experience them as something, they're actually not.
So then, gom, so that's the word for meditation, gondu mepe changchupsam. So he translates it, bodhicitta is beyond meditation, but it literally says, gondu me. It's not meditation. Changchupsam, again, repeating that word, changchupsam. So, Many times in the teachings, and Mahayana teachings, and also in the Dzogchen teaching, it will point out what things are not. And then that sort of naturally throws you into what they are. But rather than stating what they are, they state what they're not. Why do you think so? Why wouldn't you just state what they are? Why would you state what they're not? So this sort of habit, I guess you could say, or tendency to use negative language is because by saying what it's not, it throws you into hopefully the experience of what it is, but what it is, you don't want to solidify and reify. So you don't state so much what it is as what it's not. So, gumdu mepe changchupsam. So now, Gumdu is is meditation, and then mepa. So now now it's meditation. Meditation not changchupsam. So that is also really interesting because it's not meditation either. Or I mean, in, in quite literally, what this says is non meditation is changchupsam doesn't actually say is because the word yin isn't there, but it says gumpa mepa is not meditation, and then changchupsam. So let's try to not meditate <laughs> and experience changchupsam. So I think what this means is not efforting. You know, when we got, sometimes I say, you know, okay, now let's meditate. And everyone kind of like, it's kind of like coming to attention in the military, you know, sit up, you know, straighten your back, fold your legs. Now that's meditation. So let's not meditate and be in Changchupsa. So the next line. Is Naljur Dewar Nyamo Sun. Okay, so this line was really interesting when I looked it up because what he has is is the perfect conduct of the yogin who rests in bliss. But what it literally says is yogi bliss. And then nyamo means like lying with a woman. It's a clear, clear mo here. And sun, a discipline. So, so he didn't put that at all. But that's what it says in the Tibetan. Nyamo, 
as Nyal is to lie down and Mo is, is, is female. So this is obviously addressing the male, yogi, heterosexual male. But the idea here, I believe, is that the discipline of the tsun, because that's, that's the words that's used for like keeping your vow, you know, keeping your discipline. Uh, the the discipline of the yogi is the bliss of lying with a woman. So that would mean that, let's say, the experience of intimacy and that relaxation in that state, that that is the discipline of the yogi. So that very forbidden thing for a monastic becomes a path of liberation, path of meditation. If it was female, heterosexual female, then it would be lying with man. And if it was a homosexual, relationship it would be whatever you know depending on male or female anyway you know there's all those various gender options but the main idea i believe here is that that relaxation of intimacy let's think about that and how that really actually brings you to a deep state of effortless openness. And perhaps that's what this is referring to. So that's a beautiful, beautiful and kind of unique line there. There's a lot of emphasis on the absence of effort here and in fact this year i'm going to be teaching retreats about effortless presence and i think for many of us who have had disciplines for many years that involved effort effortlessness is kind of hard <laughs> right it's kind of making me blink. I'm, I'm feeling that wind in my eye. Oh, what if I experience that as space? Okay, now water. I can see water. I imagine some of you can see water. But if you can't see it, you know it's there. And you have it in your body. A lot of it. So imagine that uh, a water element is space. And now fire. So I don't think most of us are not looking at fire, but maybe some of you in, in northern climates sitting in front of a fire, or you could open a wood stove and look at fire, or maybe you have a candle going. 
However, if you don't, you have fire in your body. That's what's making your body warm. So you can tune into fire in that way. So fire, fire is also complete space. And then earth. You know, earth is perhaps the more difficult element to think of as space. That's all the solid things that you see around you and in your own bones, teeth, so on. It's the, it's the denser element. So all of that earth that you have around you, that's the walls. Or, Earth itself that's under you, all that is space. And in the text, it uses the word zok. So, kind of like perfected by or completed by. So, it's almost like the perfect experience of the elements is as not different than the expanse of the sky. Think about that. So when you, if you can really rest your mind without effort, that is Buddha. So let's let's just let's just try that. Try that effortless awareness. Of the awareness that's already perfect and present. There's no other nature of reality to meditate on other than this. Wow. This, these teachings are so profound. The fifth element is space, another four elements. I didn't mention that because that's already is space. <laughs> so, ah, yes, these teachings are so amazing. So just again, that last line, gumpaja, meditating, chunidi, lame. So there's no other ultimate nature to meditate on than this. So in the in these weeks between these sessions, then meditate on these teachings. Sit with the things that we touched on today. Walk with them. Talk with them. Cook with them. Just be there. Work with, work with the teachings. And uh, yeah, great to be with you. May you be well. May you be free of fear. And may you see the 
space in all the elements. Thank you, everyone, for being with us for this Wisdom Rising podcast. May it benefit all beings. And I'd like to take a moment to thank the production team of Wisdom Rising and also to let you know that if you would like further information on my work or the associated people who work with Tara Mandala, you can reach out to the Tara Mandala website, T-A-R-A-M-A-N-D-A-L-A dot O-R-G. Thanks, everyone. Stay safe.